Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. You could follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show. Uh, you, should, you should know that. You should know what we do here. Go over a little bit about yesterday's slate. Look through results DB. What some sharp players were doing yesterday. We take a little bit of look on uh, today's slate. We have a big one. 14 games late. Doesn't look like there's much weather weather concerns going on. So we'll, 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 we'll look at that a bit. We focus primarily here on DFS strategy. So if you have your questions, uh, put them in the chat for anything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. You know what to do in the beginning of the show. Keep my apple juice cold, right? I got, I, it's, it's not Minute made. I got the the, the Kroger brand now. It's, it's the generic. Can I tell the difference? I don't know. It tastes, it tastes a little bit watery. I don't know. It seems like it's more concentrated, the Minute Maid one or the Mott's one. And when, when the store brand one, I don't know. They, I don't know. It just d- doesn't taste the same. I don't know. It probably, you probably put them in different bottles. Put this in the Minute Maid bottle. I probably think it's Minute Maid. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Hit that thumbs up button. Thummy thumbs. Give me those thummy thumbs. Put the, put the, the hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. I see you guys in the chat. Jerome Lewis, Sal Corral, Brandon McNeil, Card Fan, Daniel Hutchins, Matt Meir, Dario Rosenstock, Frederick Duke, Doug Montgomery, Jabakalypse, GR Saseda 12. Hey, what's up this morning? Yesterday, I could I could have I had a good slate. I could have. If I, if I just would have played Max Schrock. Just would have played Max Schrock, right? 2K, Crapper, Rookie, whatever is he coming from the minors? Who knows who he is? Who knows? On the Reds? He had a game, he had a double, he had a triple, he had a home run, he had 33 points, and I had nothing. I got none of him. I had none of him. And uh, I, I could have won if I had some in my in my Cubs stuff. I had the, yesterday uh, for the nine-game slate, uh, I had mostly Cubs. Cubs, Brewers, and Padres. Uh, Minnesota, the, the, the chalk yesterday was uh, San Diego, Minnesota, and Cincinnati. Now, uh, obviously, on... Chicago, you had Baez with uh, two home runs, Bryant with a home run, Patrick Wisdom with two home runs. So those are the keys to that stack. And then, obviously, uh, Schrock for the Reds. And then Tatis obviously hit a home run as as the chalkiest batter on the slate. So if you had some combination of that with two decent enough pitchers, uh, you did well. We see the winning lineup, Piano Club yesterday, Burns, Cueto, and you see here, it's a Cincinnati, it's basically since it's a 4-4. 1-2-3-4, 4 Haps, well, I mean, you don't even need, you didn't need, Hap had three and Suarez had two, and that's, you didn't, you didn't need any more than that. Cueto put up 23 at 9% owned. Burns was the highest owned pitcher with 20 points, and that's all you needed, right? We look underneath here, we see, here's a Chicago, it's the Chicago-Houston, right? Houston did well yesterday, and they were, they were, they were lower owned. I had some. Altuve had a game, Bregman, Kyle Tucker, 19. They weren't played as much. Well, the, I mean, they're, they're, the Cubs weren't that owned either. The Cubs were primarily not that owned because they were very expensive. Very expensive yesterday. So you can see, I, I just pulled out a, a bunch that finished decently towards the top. I mean, Burns was at 9,900 on DraftKings was, I mean, I understand why people had a lot. Uh, Larry Odom, not not as much, but still some. I mean, I ended up I, I put my I put my exposures here. Here, 
for uh for the for the for the check swing, which is all I only had like what sixty two entries into it. These guys these guys had one fifty. But across the board at pitcher, the only thing I did at pitcher that was uh, different was I had a bunch of Jorge Lopez, who did really well, 20, 21 points. Uh, primarily because I, I wasn't playing the Twins. Basically, I was playing Twins minimally as one-offs. And uh, so I figured I, I, I was playing expensive Cubs stacks. So I needed cheap pitching. So like Burns Berrios can't really make as many teams with uh, you know five man cub stack so using cheap pitchers yeah i was using a little bit of logan gilbert and uh since i wasn't using much of the twins what's correlative the twins are chalk as bats and they don't do well they have to fail for my lineups to succeed that means jorge lopez must have not had had a great game so so that so that's what i did uh we see not many not many others did but i mean but that was the main reason but some people played erod Dylan Bunny did. Uh, it seems like Larry Odo, Jay Butler played more Dylan Bundy, but I understand Cueto. I had some Cueto, right? I was trying to make combinations as much as possible here at pitcher. Okay, so we talked about the pitchers on yesterday's slate. Uh, we can see your piano club didn't play any Tatis, which uh, if he didn't pay up, what did he do at shortstop? Let's see. Let me take a look. Adamas. Okay, Baya. Okay, so Cubs. So this is like one of the things that I I like to do is obviously, you know, you go through sharp players lineups now, like, okay, well, what did they do? You you want to see if the constructions they made were similar to the constructions you made. Now with Max Schrock, like the main things on the slate that I'm looking for, the biggest decisions that I did was obviously like try to play some cheap pitchers like Gilbert and, and Lopez and Cueto and those guys. Uh, not played that much of the Twins uh, compared to the the Padres because I didn't I I played plenty of the Padres uh, played less of the Reds and like guys like Max Schrock and then played more of the Cubs and the Brewers so now I like going through and going well did some of these sharper players do the same so if we go through here like as far as the Reds are concerned like Castellanos. Like outside of like RBX, like really like under. Okay. Obviously the twins, most of the sharp players were under. Not zero, but under. We look at the Padres. Padres, we see more. Let's see a little bit more, a little bit more. Lariotto didn't have that much of Will Myers. Piano Club didn't either. Or Tatis. Lariotto had 14%. He's shortstop. I get it. Tommy Pham. So I guess Piano Club and Lariotto out of these. Played less of the Padres, but less of the Reds as well. But then, then who did, who did they play? So we look through. We see some Giants. I had some Giants. We see some Astros. I had some Astros. Right, a bunch across to Kyle Tucker across the board. Okay, Correa. Okay, then we have Phillies. I had some Phillies. We see Phillies exposure. Then we look at the Cubs. And there we go. Look, 25% bias across the board. Bias, bias, bias. Plenty of bias exposure. Plenty of Bryant exposure. Plenty of Rafael Ortega batting sixth at like 2K. So basically, instead of playing Schrock at second, third base, I played more of Ortega in the outfield for the min price and paid up at those spots. But that seemed to be, based on obviously, I'm only, I'm, I'm 
picking out a couple of people. And I'm like, okay, a lot of more Cub stacks. Here's some A's. Here's some Brewers. Okay, Brewers. Got some. Brewers, Yankees, not as much. Xander Bogart's Red Sox, so plenty of Red Sox. Wilson Contreras, yes. I mean, this is me, obviously, at the end. Angels, Upton, okay. So I like going through Odeville Herrera on the Phillies. But that's what you'll normally see. If you go if you go to Results DB at, uh, uh, to study a slate for GPPs, you're more likely than not, if you just took a cross-section, 10, 10, who knows, 10, 15 players, you're more likely to look at whatever the field percentage is on these higher-owned bats and see more yellow. Right, so if you're in line with if you're in line with the yellow, and the greens and the blues, maybe not the blues or the reds, but if you're more in line with that, that means you made constructions that sharper players did more of. Now a lot of 150 maxers they play a bunch of everything. They may still have some twin stacks, like Piano Club probably didn't have any at all. I mean, look, 0% Karolov, 0% Sano, 0% Cruz. We take a look over here. I mean, look, I mean, the, even a Hubro, 3% Karolov. So, I mean, it's still something. Sano, 21%. Cruz, 10%. Could have just been one-offs. Because you could even, you can ch- you could check. Let's see, like Lariota's top lineup. So, basically, yeah, here's here's the, the Cub stack, a 5-3 with Cincinnati. With Schrock, but not, well, let's see, Wisdom, Baez, Bryant, okay, Gilbert in here. Barnard put enough enough points, Suarez didn't do anything, really, and Jock didn't do anything. But you didn't need, you didn't need three, you didn't need three outfielders that did everything. Like, a better Gilbert game would have eh, maybe gotten him there. RBX 88's best lineup. Cubs and Astros. With Ortega here. So 192, seven behind. Ending over here. A Houston, it looked like a one, two, three, four, five. Houston five man with a Bryant Wisdom Tatis. <coughs> this is about as good of a lineup that you could get with the Houston <laughs> with the Houston stat. <coughs> Look at my best lineup. My best lineup was a. Uh, Cub stack with uh, Evan Longoria one off. He had a home run. Kiki Hernandez with the zero and Renfro with Renfro had a home run also. So this this lineup could have gotten there. I Barrios and Lopez. This is my most promising lineup. Right towards the end of that uh, the Houston Boston game, I'm like if, if if Renfro and Kiki Hernandez hit a home run, I could win this. And Renfro hit a home run, and then Kiki just did nothing. But I didn't even set this up as a five two one or anything. Just happened that. Two Boston guys happen to be in my five-man stack type of lineup. I mean, I got the, I mean, the Cubs really weren't the nuts because really all the production came through three people. Bryant, Baez, and Wisdom. Everyone else was, you didn't need. You didn't need. But of course, once you ta- take the five-man Cub stack, you're more likely to get, you know, those three guys in there. Let's look through... The YouTube chat. Da, da, da. People are already talking about today's slate. Today's slate. Today's slate. 
Michael Dompier asks, I had 150 lineups with a lot of Oakland and Seattle. I'm assuming this is yesterday. A few Seattle and Oakland players in a lot of my lineups didn't make the lineup. Just a yes or no. Can I rebuild with stacks and RG? Yeah, of course you can. How come how come they didn't make your lineup? I mean, that to me, that was an oversight from when you when you built them. I mean, just manually increase. I mean, that's that's what I do. If I'm like if I'm playing a lot of the Cubs yesterday. Like I want, I want to have as I want to have a, as many combinations of them as possible. So if I see, because Jock Peter, like yesterday, Jock Peterson was like fifty seven hundred on DraftKings, so he may not show up that much in the inner Cub stacks because he's the, he's the overpriced player. They it's gonna jam, it's gonna jam in more Ortega. It's gonna jam in it's gonna jam in Baez, Bryant, uh, Hap, right? It's gonna do. Stop and then Ortega and and Contreras because catchers weak. It's gonna make more of those. It's gonna make more of these. I mean, lo, I mean Contreras, Bryant, Bias, App. It's gonna make more of these. You're not gonna you're not gonna get that much Jock Peterson unless you tell it. So let's say you're building a hundred lineups and you're you're building thirty Cub stacks out of your hundred. That's thirty percent. So if you see Jock Peterson's only in two lineups. Put a minimum exposure to force him into more. They will be lower projected lineups. Yes, that's that's the point. You're getting more of them. You don't. Do you want all of your Cubs, all thirty Cub stacks, to have Chris Bryant in it? If you do, then make sure that happens. So if you're not getting, if you're not getting certain people, just fix it. You don't. There's no need to swap. The only times the only times I need to swap after lock is when there's the starting lineup changes, right? Because I mean, yesterday with the issue of you know some of these lineups we didn't even get till after lock, so it's like my angels guys like okay, well I didn't have well, I didn't have any Juan Lagares who was in the projected starting lineup, right? Yesterday with like Oakland, I didn't have I mean, I didn't have much of anything to to swap out of. But normally, like sometimes we get that ten o'clock game or whatever, and it's like, oh, Chris Taylor's in the lineup for the Dodgers, not Gavin Lux. It's like, okay, well, now you could go through and manually do it. You don't have to rebuild all of your lineups for you know. Oh, he's in three lineups. Let me switch that out and go in and manually. But that's what I do. Worst case scenario, use global player swap. So here's a clarification for oh, so okay, Michael's talking about guys that are that are not. That ended up not being in the lineup. Like for, he says, for example, I had Andrews and Garcia jammed in to make stacks work, but both didn't make the A's lineup. Does the RG tool let me rebuild that? Well, yeah, if you use the rebuilder, but I'm more, I'm more likely to to do it manually. And I mean, I, unless I'm using, I mean, if I have, if I have 50 lineups that are affected, yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna, probably going to use the late swap rebuilder on lineup HQ. But most of the time, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't have batters in that many lineups, especially guys that don't end up making the lineup. So if I had the A's with Andrews and Garcia as a catch, I mean, I'd be, what? They maybe affect seven lineups? Okay, I'll find the seven lineups and I'll make sure that they work. I'll have to switch other people around and everything. I mean, that's what I do. But yes, you could use the rebuilder for that. 
Ryan Murmur asks, any pitcher stats that you really focus on when looking to stack an offense against the pitcher? Ryan, I don't look at any baseball stats at all. I, I, look, at no, I look at no stats whatsoever. Anything statistically revel, relevant will already be in the projections. So there's nothing to look at. So like on today's slate, we sort by just fantasy points in general. Eric Lauer, so, really? Against Detroit? I mean, he's not that great of a pitcher. As opposed to the opposing totals, 3.25. According to the bat, the best pitcher in today's slate, as of right now, my raw points, my raw points is Eric Lauer. That's going to be different. <laughs> That's definitely going to be different, because, I mean, look, over Nola, over Glasnow, over Robbie Ray, over Heaney, and, and the bat loves Heaney. Alex Wood, Matthew Boyd at 6,500. <clears throat> Who do you stack against? Well, you stack against you stack against pitchers that don't have high projections. Right? Like, who do you choose to stack against? Well, it's in the it's in the projections. I mean, the batter projections take into account who the pitcher is. Like Bruce Zimmerman, probably, probably the twins, right? I mean, they have the highest total on the slate right now. Five. I mean, I could look at the stack projections in the bat. Just look by ceiling. There you go. Look how, how many appear in the top, whatever, the value-wise in the stack. So the Twins are going to be chalked today. The Mets have the highest ceiling against Caleb Smith? What's going on? What's going on with the Mets today? Is that, is that going to be a thing today? I'm interested because the Mets lineup has, has looked like garbage. Let's see. Where the, the Mets playing in Arizona with a 4.35 implied total. Yarland, okay, Alonzo, Alonzo's back, I guess. They're not cheap. Lindor going to be on, just shortstop week. I'm just looking through. I mean, this is, this is literally what I do. I've not, not looked at this beforehand. So the Mets going to be under-owned today? Is the Arizona roof open? What's going on with the Mets today? So according to the bat right now, as of 10 to 34, which I don't think uh, Cardi has made any manual adjustments. They have the highest ceiling projection on the slate. And co- compared to the to the to Minnesota. See so we see Minnesota, look at their ownership. Go down the order. You compare that to the to the Mets. Like nothing compared to that. But the Mets are a little too expensive. Right? Because they've been pricing these guys up now. BR, Lindor, Alonzo, McCann's now forty two hundred. He used to be like thirty four hundred. Well, let me see. Let's take a look at the irregular bat projections. The bat. I'm I'm go I'm going to assume knowing knowing how how the bat works that we're going to see that the, this these projections are viewing the roof as open. Let's see. Arizona, yes, at New York, open. And it's probably hot there or something. We'll see if they close the roof. Probably those projections go down. Based on the bat, the Mets have higher a higher ceiling than the Twins, but the Twins are still high than the Rangers because we have cores today. Texas, the Rangers are in cores against the Rockies. So we have the Dodgers here, high ceiling but poor point per dollar value. So you'll have to play cheap pitchers with them. The Astros against Richards, the Diamondbacks against Stroman, even 
Are people going to go there? Probably not. The Braves against Strasburg. The Rockies were priced up, right? So a horrible point per dollar value. We got the, the Royals, who have a lower ceiling, but a good point per dollar value. Same for the Orioles against Pineda. And similar to like maybe the Pirates against Singer, but their ceilings are much lower. So like that, this, this is all I have to look at. What do I have to look at? In baseball, in GPPs, you're playing stacked. So it's like you're targeting teams. You're targeting, here's the pitchers, right? Obviously, the pitchers that project well are going to be at the bottom of this list. Because the Mariners don't project well against Bassett, Lauer against Detroit, Ray against Miami, Wood against the Angels, Heaney against the Giants, right? So that goes along with why they're, 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 these pitchers project well. Well, because these teams project poorly, vice versa. You're rarely going to see, oh, the, this stack projects well and the pitcher projects well. You're, you're, you're not going to see that often. So that's it. I know people... people think they need to spend all day looking at uh, whatever advanced stats or anything no it's everything's in the projections already a good model right and cardi has a good model okay let's see going through the youtube chat post your questions frederick dude does your strategy change when choosing exposure of pictures on dk versus FanDuel on any given slate given the higher range of outcomes for scoring on FanDuel? I don't think so. I don't think, what does that have to do with anything? On FanDuel, you can only play one pitcher. And so you don't need to play crappy pitchers. And the, and the, and the pricing is softer. So yeah, so to me on, on FanDuel, pitching is not as interesting. You're, you're much less likely to take a shot on some $6,500 pitcher on FanDuel. So it's unnecessary. I mean, the, the lineups you could build Today with Glasnow with ten seven or whatever the hell he is, you could you could still you could still play you could play you, could, you still have Tatis and Acuna in your lineups. I mean, like it's it's that easy on FanDuel. So when you when you're playing a seven thousand dollar pitcher, it almost feels like it's unnecessary. I just get better. I just get more points at pitcher then. So like on FanDuel, I probably I probably when I like today on on GBP. I mean, I may only have. A couple of pitchers in my pool. Top end pitchers. Like I'm not less likely. If we take a look at FanDuel, let's see. Let me switch over to FanDuel. FanDuel MLB. Using the bat. Updated 11.24. Let's update it on DraftKings. So we take a look at the pitching here. Let's go by point per dollar value. Right. Heaney is 6,700. Lauer is 7,800. But according to the bat, Lauer is the highest, see, like Lauer, highest raw points, 7,800. So imagine using that. I mean, it's going to be Lauer. And look at what you could do. If you play Eric Lauer on FanDuel at 7,800, $3,100 Mitch Garver, Brandon Lowe, 2,900, Donaldson, Tatis, Tucker, Acuna, Cruz, and Alonzo. Now let's say you use Glass now. Instead, I mean, what really changes that much? Now, now instead of Acuna, you get Gallo and Sano. Basically, you're going down from Garver to Sano. You get you're playing Lindor, basically Lindor and Gallo instead of Tatis and Acuna. Right, that's what it looks like. Right, is that what it looks like? Yeah. 
which yeah, is, I guess is a downgrade for, to some extent, but most of the rest of the lineup is fine. You're still getting Nelson Cruz and Pete Alonzo and Josh Donaldson. I mean, do you, you, do you need, do you need to save that much money? Now, obviously in the bat, he's projected to have the highest raw points. So I don't care at that point, but like, if you wanted to take, oh, I'm going to take a shot at uh, Will Crow or something or Ryan Weathers. It's like, what, what's the, why? Most likely, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play these pitchers that are up here. A draft you have to play two pitchers. But so so you need you need a second one, right? So we look here. See, Eric Lauer projects number one right now. Robbie Ray. And I think more people are gonna play Nola and Glasnow because they can, and then their names. But I can understand that more on Fanduel. On DraftKings, you're gonna have to play a second pitcher. So it's going to be Glasnow Ray or something like that. Or Heaney. Maybe even Boyd. But I guess Lauer against the Detroit. I mean, he'll, he'll be owned. But I don't think he's the type of pitcher that people people want to click on. But according to the bat right now, he has the highest raw point score. Daniel Hutchins says, looks like three players under Mets have multi-positional eligibility, which could boost ownership. You could, what, on DraftKings or on FanDuel? I know VR is like eligible at like three positions on FanDuel. Right, is he? Let's take a look. Right, yeah, second, third, short. Yeah, I guess so. How much are they going to be owned on? They'll probably be owned a little bit more on FanDuel. Because Pete Alonso with 3,000 is going to be popular on FanDuel. Maybe not necessarily 5,000 on DraftKings, but definitely 3,000 facing a lefty on the road in Arizona, ballpark upgrade if the roof is open, especially. And if he's going to be owned, that means the stack's going to be somewhat owned. Somewhat owned. That's FanDuel. And DraftKings, I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know how owned he's going to be. Let's see. Uh, Ryan Murner, no, I don't look at any picture stats. Everything is already accounted for in the projections. Uh, Jacob Calloway, is it a leak not to, to not look at salary? Well, I mean, eventually you're going to have to look at salaries, right? You have to fit them in your lineup. I have no clue how much people cost. I really only look at success probability relative to ownership. I'm not sure where the prices of individual players matter. In in baseball, for batters, probably not probably not as much. That's correct. It's 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 not as linear because, like, Salary and performance don't correspond to one another. On a large sample size, they do. But it's not like basketball. Where it's like, oh, the guy's 8400 is more likely to give you $8,400 worth of value. At least like 5X on the floor, you know, like that type of thing. But you need to look at salaries to see how they fit in for the construction. I don't look at salaries. Okay, I think I know what you're talking about. I don't look at salaries as like, oh, this guy is is... Is thirty two hundred. He has to score nine points. Like I don't. I don't think in terms of that. I just think in terms of how I could fit players into my lineups. Right. Like yesterday, the the Cubs. You know, the Cubs stack was expensive. Even with Ortega, it was oh, it was twenty two thousand or whatever on DraftKings as a five man. So what does that do to the rest of my lineup? And if I play Burns and Berrios in that lineup, that means my one offs are going to be who knows, Chaz McCormick, right? Will Myers as a one-off, that type of a cheaper player, 
Then if I play Burns and Gilbert or Lopez or something in that lineup, that means my one-off could be a much better player. So I'm thinking more looking at the salaries, not like how much value can I get out of them? More of a, how, how do I fit these guys in a lineup? Because you're going to be stacking in MLB. And then you still have other spots. You have three other spots for three other batters and two pitchers. On DraftKings, one pitcher. On FanDuel, how do they all go together? Dario Rosenstock, uh, if you think the chalk pitchers are going to be higher owned than projected and they're expensive, you could perhaps can assume cheaper stacks will be higher owned than projected. Yes. Because that's the only way you could fit them in. And this year, because of the pricing on DraftKings, it's been easier to go double stud. Because they, they price down some of these guys. They they price up the good players, but there's always these 2K, 3K guys in lineups that allow you to allow you to build. I mean, if we look at starting lineups, it, it didn't used to be that way. We didn't used to get these crappers. Like on the Twins today. Like you can admit, look, if Kyle Garlick leads off, he's 3K. So there, that pays for your stack. Ref Snyder is still only 2,200. Now, individually, who cares? But at, so you could stack the twins. You're taking like, if you take Garlic, Donaldson, Cruz, Garver, Polanco, you're fine. You're under. I mean, the 3K guy makes all this like 20K. Like, okay, you're good. All right? You take a look down here. I mean, like the Yankees, you go up. Well, they're, well, they, they're still pressing. Urshela's 3,700. Torres is 4K. Odor's 3,300. Frazier's 2,200. Yes, you're stacking most likely with Stanton and Judge at 5,900. But once you, if you're doing a four or five man, now you have a cheap guy to put in. So you go through all these teams, you could find some cheap guy. Kyle Farmer, right? We had Max Schrock yesterday for the Reds. Look at the Nationals. You could always throw in Starlin Castro. Josh Harrison, if he's batting second, he's 3K. Yeah, Soto's 5K. Zimmerman's 4,500. Turner's 5,600. But they get the full five man. Now, okay, 3K, 2K, we're good. Right, you're done. Right? Abraham Almonte in the Braves lineup is going to be 2K. Well, there, there, there you go. There's a stock. There, 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 there's a stack. You can go through pretty much every team. Look, Will Myers is still 2,800. Fam is 3,600. You can make this stack worth e- work even with Tatisa Machado. So, like, you go through every team like this. So, to get, if you wanted to play Glasnow and, and Nola today together, you could still stack any team. You may not be able to get, get the most expensive teams, but either you're stacking very cheap and playing expensive one-offs, or you're you're playing you're playing stacks even with expensive guys as long as you throw in one of the you know the two K three K guys, and there are a lot of them this year. They have not been as proactive as pricing these guys up. Look, Kevin Kiermaier still twenty one hundred. Why? Just make the floor three thousand. Once they start making the floor three thousand to thirty five hundred, the only way you could double stud on DraftKings is by really by playing by playing garbage stacks, by playing vomit. By playing the Marlins, playing the Tigers, playing the Pirates. But now you could play them without doing that. So, like, then what's the point? And these cheapos end up being higher owned than they should be. 
Max Schroff yesterday was 15% owned. All right, we take a look at this. I mean, I don't even know how to pronounce his, spell his name. Schroff is 15% owned. Ortega was 5.8% owned at 2K because he's in Cub stacks. We have Marwin Gonzalez, right? He was, he was, right. He was, he was 2K for what, why? Why? He was 2% owned, right? In Boston stacks. So the need to play vomit stacks this year is just, it's why you're, 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 you could play low owned enough lineups that have better teams. So then why, why would you play a worse lineup if you're not even getting in, you get, you're losing projection and you're not getting any ownership discount at all or much. It's like, Oh, well the pirates are going to be 1% owned. It's like, I could find a way to play another team. That's, Gives me the same ownership product. All right, we take a look at the, the, the stack projections or whatever for CLA. Like, what you may look down here, you go, Oh, well, I can play the Marlins against Robbie Ray. But I mean, most likely, like the Washington Nationals against Max Freed may be just as, just as low owned. And you go, Well, the Marlins have a 74.39 ceiling projection, the Nationals have 10 points higher. I could build this lineup with two, maybe not two stud pitchers. But I could build this lineup with as high of a projection as the other one with the same ownership. Or higher. And this is a higher ceiling. So that's why I, that's why I have not talked much about vomit stacks this year. It's, it's unnecessary. Because you could just play the better team with the same ownership. I mean, that, that's that's why I don't. Oh, you're going to play, are you going to play the Marlins today? Why I could play I could play the Royals today. Well, why the with same ownership and a better t- better better projections? Why not? Ryan Murner, do you ever consider lineup order when creating stacks? No. One two three in the order. Or do you consider nine one three four? Is it no? I do not look at the batting order at all. The correlation between the players and the lineups. The differences in the batting order spots don't matter as much as you think they do. All the players on the team are correlated, regardless of where they bat. The order to me is only just in plate appearances. And plate appearances obviously are already built into the projections. Is the batters that are have no gap between them more correlated than batters that have more of a gap? True. But not by much. So batters, batters two and three are more correlated than two and four and two and five. But when I say the word more, I'm talking about the difference of this and this. Like you can't even see me move. The the num- number two and number six are far apart in the order. They're way more correlated, way more correlated. I mean, way more correlated then that second batter and a batter from another team. So I'd rather play the second hitter and the sixth hitter together than the second hitter and, the, and some other and a player from some other team. So it doesn't, doesn't matter to me. I just want batters from the same team in my lineup as part of my stack. And the 0.05 whatever extra for the gaps 
is not as important when, you know, the correlation is already 20 times that. So no. It's not worth worrying. Whatever fits. Salary matters to me more than more than where they are in the order. Why do you think I have Renfro in my Boston stacks a lot of times? I and mean, he's batting eighth or ninth. Nate Branshaw. In lineups with multiple cheap guys, sub 3K, you're more likely to limit those number of guys that are in the stack, such as max two of those guys. Not necessarily. They're on the same team. I'm more likely to limit lineups that have chalk versions of that. Like you see, like yesterday with Max Schrock. Like if I was playing Max Schrock and I was playing Rafael Ortega, I mean, he wasn't even that chalky. Or Will Myers, okay? So Will Myers was cheap, right? He's still cheap. I'm more likely to not play a lineup with both of them in it. Because there would be more lineups that have both of them in it. And they're more likely to look the same. Right? If you're playing a cheap Will Myers and a cheap Max Schrock at second base, and you're playing Corbin Burns, right, from yesterday. Like, whatever lineup you put together that's a five-man stack, I mean, that's gonna it's going to look a lot like a little a, other lineups. But if I make sure to not play, like, I, not, not to play none of Myers, not to play none of Schrock, but just don't play them in the same lineup, then that's fine. You reduce your ownership. So I'll do stuff like that. There's a really chalk pitching combination. Uh, there's, there's, there won't be on today's slate. Like really chalk, where like one guy, where both of them are like over fifty percent. I may not want to make any lineups that have both of them in it, so I just make a group and group them out. Like I don't even consider this situation to be that you know, Burns Rodon. But if you didn't, if you're like, oh, there's going to be too many Burns Rodon lineups. Well, then just separate them. Make sure that they're not together. If you don't want to have Alex Kirilov as a one-off with Will Myers and Max Schrock, you know, put a put a group. Say Max one of the three, and there you go. And separate that ownership. So that if you're talking about that, that's that I could do that sometimes. Jana asks, have you any tips on diversifying the players in your stacks more? Just to, just to put minimum minimum exposures. Like, don't do that from, people think that they need to build everything all at once. Build in iterations. So, for instance, here's 100, uh, let's go, to, let's make it quicker. So let's go to 40 lineups. Whatever, I'm just going to put in, you know, 40 lineups. Let's put, like, what stacks? Let's do 5X. We're talking about the, the, the Mets and the, right, we're going to do the Mets and the, the Twins or whatever, whatever we're doing. So you'll build and line up HQ. So let's say I'm building twins and Met stacks, whatever. Okay, I'm getting 100% Nelson Cruz. Okay, so I'll look through here, right? I'll sort by the team. So I want to take a look at my, see, I'm getting Cruz, Garver, Sano, Donaldson, Simmons. Like, like what? Where is it? where's everyone else? Where's everyone else? So I want 50% of this, right? I'm, I'm making sure I'm getting that. Let's see. I'm not even getting Mets. I'm trying to do this too quickly. So let's just go, let's go by, let's go by Minnesota. 
let's just let's just I don't want to have to sit here and set all these things to make it so it comes out correctly. Oh, okay, because I didn't do it. There you go. Hundred percent. Build forty lines. Now this is going to be slow because I didn't put any any settings in. Okay, let me stop this. Okay, we're going back to the Minnesota stuff. We'll put a hundred percent, so that'll that'll definitely work. Hundred percent. Okay. So now we take a look at, I mean, what's the Minnesota lineup? Garlic, Donaldson, Cruz, Garver, Polanco, Sano, Kirilov against the lefty, Ref Snyder, Simmons. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get 140, uh, 40 lineups of the Twins. Right, but I'm getting all this Nelson Cruz because he projects the best out of the bunch. So you could cap them, right? You don't want 100% Nelson Cruz. Or you put minimum exposures. So let's say we want to make sure out of our 50 lineups that 40 lineups, we have 5% of all, right? And maybe we don't want more than 50% of anything to make sure to get as many different combinations as possible, right? Let's see what happens there. A lot of a lot of HQ is let's see what happens. A lot of optimizers are like that. You put something in, you go, let's see what happens. And you adjust, right? It, well, it has to give you as much as, right? So now you're getting everyone. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, right? So 50, obviously, I can't cap it, just 50. So now you're getting 33% Kirilov, 43% Ref Snyder, Simmons, Garlic. Right, it's forcing in more of these because I'm telling it to give me 100% of them. 100% of the stack. But there you go. There's a way to do it. Put a minimum exposure. If we're making 40 lineups like that, maybe, maybe, you want, maybe you want Cruz in 90. Maybe you want Donaldson in 90. But you don't want Simmons in all of these. You, want, you don't mind having much less of Simmons and Ref Snyder and Kirilov, let's say. But those are 20, which means you have to raise everyone else's. 70, that's 70 of that. It's probably going to jam them in anyway. Right, Polanco probably, it's shortstop. You build. We should get less of Simmons, Ref Snyder, and Kirilov and more of these other guys. Right, so here we go. Cruz, 100%. Garver, 78. Sano, 73. Polanco, 55. Sort. Right. Kirilov, 18. Ref Snyder, 20. Simmons, 28. Right. Garlic. Right. So you you could do this to control. If you're not getting as much of a player that you want to have in your stacks, just put a minimum exposure. I want them in at least... But... The exposure is the total number of lineups. So like in this instance, we have 40 lineups. So let's say, let's say for instance, instead of building, we had half of twin stacks. Okay. So that's 20 lineups. And you weren't getting any Kyle Garlic. Okay. So out of 20 lineups, out of 40, you want them in, let's say four of them. So four out of the 20, are, you know, like a fifth, you know, 
20% of the lineups. But you're building 40 lineups. So you want him in four of 40. So what's that? That's 10%. So I want to make sure if you wanted him in four lineups, you put 10 as the minimum exposure. If you wanted him in two lineups, you put five. If you wanted him in six lineups, you put 15, right? You do something like that. Or you put in any number you want. You put in 20. Let's see what happens. Then run a build and go, okay, I don't mind this. Or or he's in too much. Let me lower it. There you go. And you look at the lineups with a minute. Let's see. Anything else in the YouTube chat? Yeah, people people don't know how to use optimizers. They they most people think the optimizer tells them what to do. No, you tell it what to do. It's just we always remember that the optimizer only cares about solving the knapsack problem of getting as many median fantasy points. Whatever's in this column, it's going to try to get as much of that as possible for the salary. Right? If you leave it at with no settings, no nothing, it's just going to jam in whatever. Whatever gives me this highest number of median fantasy points combined for that salary in the positions, that's it. And then everything else that you put in here tells it, do that, but just not this. Just not, just gives them hard variables to work with. So here it's going to say, no, but if it's, if it's, it has to be at least 49,000, it has to be at least three unique players. It has to be, you know, and then it finds those lineups, it builds those lineups. It has no brain. It's not thinking of anything. So if you're not getting in yesterday's, if you're not getting enough Jock Peterson in your Cub stacks, it's primarily because he's a poor point per dollar value because the lineup builder cannot build lineups that have enough of those median fantasy points in it. So you have to tell it, to, don't worry about it. I want you to give me lineups that have lower median fantasy points but have Jock Peterson in it. You go, okay. You have to tell it. It's not going to know. It's going to look for the five best value Cubs and give you as much of that as possible. And you're sitting there with 40 Cubs lineups and someone, you know, someone hits a home run and you don't have them. And you're like, well, how did, how did I not get any of that guy in 40 lineups? Well, that's your fault. That's not the optimizer's fault. But this is what we do. This is what we do. Talk about uh, strategy, show up the tools. We got a 14 game slate today with apparently the twins are chalky. I think the twins, the twins are going to be chalky on both sites, right? They're going to be the highest owned on both sites, I guess, against what Bruce Zimmerman. Yes, rightfully so. They have the highest team total. I believe so. Well, with color, even the, the Colorado game only has a, what? Nine and a half. Marquez versus who? Who's pitching for, for Dunning? Yeah, but the Rockies are also horrible. So I don't know how many people are going to play Coors today. I think I think Twins will be higher owned than Coors. The Dodgers probably not. The Royals have a decent team total, 4.67. Atlanta, 4.5. Toronto, 4.6. They're playing in Buffalo now. They're not playing in the, in the, the Little League ballpark in Florida anymore. Buffalo is still a hitter's park, but it's not as much of a hitter's park as, and also colder, obviously, than down in Dunedin, Florida. But yeah, it's quite possibly we don't have the positive. It's quite possible that Coors is less owned than it should be today. Maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll see what happens today and we'll go over to tomorrow.
So hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Give me those thummy thumbs. Give me those thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button if you're new. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We have uh, MLB Grinders Live later today. Uh, we got uh, crunch time for premium members. Hit the link in the description of this video. Get $10 off your first month of Roto Grinders Premium. You get everything. You get lineup HQ. You get all the projections. You get all everything. Of every sport, every if you have the combo premium, all sports, or just MLB, if you want. But if you want MMA, I play MMA, PGA, whatever, whatever you want. NBA playoffs, that's still going on. We got content. We got projections for that. So sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. And, uh, and I'll see you tomorrow, as as I as I normally do, Mondays through Fridays, eleven o'clock Eastern, for the DFS pregame show on RotoGrinders.com.